Welcome to episode 83 of Bono Stuff. Lucky to be joined by the one and only P.T. Pintcast, who says uh, all the best conversations happen over a good pint. And uh, that's Jimmy McKay. Check out his podcast. He's got a ton of great things going on. He was one of the first ones to uh, help push me into this podcast game. So I really either you can blame him or you can thank him for, for what you're listening to right now. Um, one thing I'd like to say again here is this is a fun episode. We dive into it, talk about, uh, his role as a science communicator from Mount Sinai. Very interesting stuff. Ties in with a lot of the themes I've been exploring here on Bono Stuff and also on my other podcast, the Demand Better podcast. Before you jump into it, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all the things. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, help support, grow, share the episodes, the channel. If you can, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this. And uh, without further ado, let's dive into it with Jimmy McKay. Like that. Yeah, we are live with Jimmy McKay. PTVP2. That is that is that's that's potent potent. <laughs> uh, this, this is the one with PT Pintcast. If you're not familiar with Jimmy McKay, physical therapist, he's got his pint glass. I got my pint glass. I have LMNT in here. These are electrolytes, uh, the chocolate mint LMNT. But because of you, I do have my favorite beer as well. This is the blood orange. Ooh, everything's backwards. Kolsch. Uh, they actually just won the gold medal at the American Beer Festival. Uh, the good thing about these guys, uh, they don't advertise it because I guess they didn't want to get gluten-free certified or whatever, but this is actually 100% gluten-free. We, we went with uh, our friend who is very like uh, responsive to gluten stuff, and she was drinking it, and it's one of the best beers I've ever tasted. So I love blood orange. It's just such a good flavor. It makes me happy, so cheers. I'm drinking wine out of a pint glass because I opened a bottle, and I was like, you know what? I'm not wasting it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll I'll also shout out my third drink is a little bit of coffee still. Uh, it's only one one thirty nine. I, I cut my caffeine off at two p.m. every day, so that's that's my health tip for the day. Uh, I'm a slow metabolizer. For those not familiar, that means that uh, I don't know if you've ever had that tested or no. or figure that out. Are you are you familiar with that concept at all? No. There's the people who can like drink uh, espresso or or even a cup of full cup of coffee at like seven p.m. and still oh, and not do anything. Still, it barely does anything. So they're fast metabolizers. They they, it, they just absorb it so quickly um, that it doesn't affect them. For me, because I'm a slow metabolizer, uh, if I have a decent amount of coffee or caffeine after 2 p.m., like I'll be up at 2 in the morning. Yes, Sometimes I'm just like wide awake. Yeah, so I'm like you. You mm -hmm. can get genetically tested for that. But uh, again, most of us probably know where we fall on that spectrum. And at the end of the day, just playing around and having those rules around that. So you, you said you had a great day before we came on. I want to hear all about that. Had a great day. I know you. You know, I know. I know part of your audience uh, are people within the profession of physical therapists, as well as people who are like interested in like the things that PTs, athletic trainers, you know, tra people that you know can teach that. And this is like I live in a world, or um, I, I live in a part of the solar system that is in physical therapy, but I don't. I don't treat clinically. Right. I haven't treated clinically in like four years. I work in science communication, which is like, well, that sounds dorky, and it is. <laughs> Uh, but my background is I have a degree in journalism and communication, was a radio broadcaster and ran radio stations for like 15, 16 years, and then decided to make a hard right turn and become a physical therapist with the intention of like treating patients and, and working with kids and working with athletes. And that was my full intention. And somewhere along the lines in PT school, 
it was 2015 and it was like, what's this thing called a podcast? It's like a downloadable radio show. And I was like, I was doing that for a number of years. And I won't go through the whole origin story because I've done that a million times, but I launched a podcast and it, it's still running today. It's called PT Pinecast and we have pint glasses and the whole nine and all that. And the idea is, you know, conversations about PT over beer. Believe me, like this concept is, I'm not saying I invented, let's have casual conversations about something serious. Um, but what, what it did was, um, it led me to different places in parts of the profession, which is what communicating or just, you know, being receptive and open to listening first and talking, talking second really did. And that's led me to, I had clinical jobs, uh, for my first couple of years out of PT school, but the whole time was still doing podcasting like at night when I was home and loving it. Eventually I went and worked for a large PT practice called Fox rehabilitation. And I was their director of communications. And I like, hosted three different podcasts simultaneously on top of my own. So that's four podcasts where I was releasing two episodes a week on my show and then one episode a week on each of the other shows. And it was called Foxcast PT, Foxcast OT, and Foxcast SLP for PTs and OTs and SLPs respectively. And for, then anyone, for anyone listening, I don't talk about SLPs a lot, but that's speech language pathologist. Yeah. Just, just throwing that in there in case and people are like, what's that? What is an SLP? And I consider those three uh, therapists or those three um, disciplines like cousins. Like there's enough crossover, but it's like, you're my cousin, but you're not my brother. Because there's enough <laughs> distance between us. But it's like, yeah. especially with Fox, the PTs and the OTs and the SLPs, it was strictly for older adults. So like mm. these three clinicians were like pure, primed, perfect to treat like 99.9% .9 of what a, a person might need outpatient wise, right? So did that for a number of years, shot videos, hosted live events for Fox. And eventually I was like, you know what? It's been three years. What am I doing here? What's, what are my strategic goals? And now I work for a big uh, hospital in New York City. I work for Mount Sinai Hospital where I work microscopically in a research lab called the Abilities Research Center where it's a bunch of um, physiatrists and physical therapists who are doing... Um, research so funded research on rehabilitation so a lot like pretty neuro heavy but there's some ortho, ortho stuff there vr goggles implantable uh, brain computer interfaces that are implanted in someone's brain like like literally the stuff that every once in a while you see on a buzzfeed article and you're like that's crazy mm -hmm. these are the people who are like doing it testing it thinking about it inventing it so, so you are you are the people well yeah i hang out <laughs> with the people what i get to do because people are like you're a scientists and i'm like yeah i'm a physical therapist yeah, so i'm a science communicator so i get to hang out with those people and they explain to me like my boss david will be like we're doing this thing called a brain computer interface and i'm like i understand all three of those words I but not all together <laughs> so he explains it to me and then i gotta digest that and then go mm -hmm, you're gonna have to explain it to me again like <laughs> again again because i need to understand it really yeah. well because then it's my job to turn around when they have a paper published or when they're telling people about mm -hmm. the world, I need to then create audio, video, words, graphics, pictures, whatever, any medium that I might choose to communicate it to various audiences. Like maybe I want to teach other physical therapists how to treat patients living with long COVID. So our lab was very, very heavy, the first national center for uh, post-COVID care, long COVID care. Mm -hmm. So like, great, we have this information but if it stays in our lab, it doesn't do much. So that's where like my first this is if I was ever going to get a tattoo, this is it. 
Uh, this is like my mantra and I'm not even, a, there it is. I'm not even a big fan of mantras. And my mantra is science isn't finished until it's understood. Mm. There was this famous guy from the UK who had a, a saying was science isn't finished until it's communicated. And I one upped him because that's what Americans do to people. From the UK, <laughs> one uppers. I said, cause the, the purpose of commute and here's, here's the crux of why I wanted to talk today. The goal of communicating is not to have communicated. Say it again, because like we need to understand this. We need to be on the same yeah. reality. The goal of communicating is not to have communicated. And I use this example a lot to, to like further explain what I mean. I could teach the entire third grade curriculum at my local elementary school in like two weeks. And I'm not besmirching teachers. But I could have communicated all that stuff because I know it like super fast. The goal is to achieve understanding, though. So if you want to teach stuff, an entire you know curriculum in third grade to third graders, you have to make sure it's understood before you move on or else the thing, the next thing you're learning isn't going to make any sense and then nothing will make sense and you can't get to fourth grade. So my whole is, my, my idea is the goal of communicating is not to communicate. Science isn't finished until it's understood. So the reason I wanted to talk to this audience really is just selfishly, I wanted to vent bitch. Is what we use here for. We use pronouns a lot and not in a good way. And what the pronouns I'm talking about is we will in this silo of PTs or anybody around healthcare, I'm not leaving anybody out. You're all guilty. We're all guilty, myself included, is, well, they don't understand how we can help them. Speaking the they in this part is like the general public or let's say you work with athletes or you work, you work with patients post-stroke. Um, they don't understand how I could, how I could, I can help change your life. Like this is amazing. They don't get it. Um, we don't get, I don't get referrals from the local, my local physician partners, right? Like there's a, there's a doc office down the street and they don't get it. And that to me is just pointing the finger and kicking the can down the road and placing blame on someone else that they don't understand you. And my initial question to people who say this is what have you done to make sure that what you can do to help is understood? Mm. And if they say like, well, they should just know. And I immediately just go, they should just know what your value is. Like, no, it is upon you. The onus is on the, the sender to understand that it's understood. It's on the third grade teacher to look at that student and go, I'm getting the weird look on your face. That's telling me you're not understanding fractions. Jimmy, do you need extra help with this? And I go, yep, I do. That's because that's a good teacher who's going like, I understand my job is not to just throw all this knowledge at you and drop the mic and walk out. My job as a third grade teacher is to make sure you understand this to prepare you for fourth grade and fifth grade in life. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of a rant on Twitter because people were doing this just past CSM. And CSM is the combined sections meeting. It's the big APTA conference. And it was in February in San Antonio. And some people's gripes. And of course, when one person gripes, then the next person's <laughs> like, yeah, me too. And then me too. Yeah. And next thing you know, you got a Twitter mob and a pitchfork. Mm -hmm. And people were bitching about, well, there was CSM this weekend, but I didn't go because my paper, my presentation wasn't accepted. Yep. And I was like, okay, like I have submitted and not been accepted to conferences before. I have felt that slight, but I found some irony in it. And here's why, because they were tweeting Bo on a device. They were holding a device, the cell phone in their hand that I was like, you were holding a device <laughs> that you could reach more than the 11,000 mm -hmm. PTs who were at CSM. You are oh, yeah. tweeting from a phone, and with that phone, you could actually reach twice as many people. So I went on a rant, and then when you do a rant on Twitter, it's a Twitter thread, you a bunch mm. of tweets in a row. And my first tweet was, I'm hearing a lot of uh, people bitching, and I want to show you the irony in your tweet because mm. I am 
saying that this tweet thread will get as many impressions, as many eyeballs as all of CSM did. Mm-hmm. And the thread was, okay, With I, I went through different ways people could communicate because you just said your presentation wasn't accepted at CSM. So you said, my information is so great, it deserved an audience. Again, you're bitching on a device that could reach more people. <laughs> Here's a bunch of different ways you could use that cell phone and little to no dollars. I think I think the most expensive suggestion I had was $20 that you could take your presentation material and share it. And since it's so great and it could help your colleagues and patients alike, it would spread. And the things were as simple as, I don't know, Bo, doing a live broadcast like we're doing right now, recording a video and posting it to YouTube, creating a podcast. All those things are low to no cost. You mm-hmm. could do a tweet thread. You could create graphics from like an, a, a, an app like Canva. That is a little bit of cost, but there's also free versions. So I went out. You could write a blog article. You could approach your chamber of commerce and 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 say, "I would love to give a, an in service." Now that we're starting to, to show, show time, like that's that's giving time. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to do that at CSM, right? You were going to incur costs to fly to CSM and pay to go to CSM and get a hotel and not be at work for two days and get childcare. So I just thought it was. That was to me very, very like ironic and very, you know, meta. And after less than 24 hours, that tweet thread got 20,000 impressions and mm. it's still going. And again, only 11,000 PTs went to uh, CSM. So, my final story in what got this fired up is I was on, do you know Elise Cantu? Mm, no. Elise is the Onco PT. She's an oncolo- oncologic mm. physical therapist. She's got a podcast. She's super energetic and great and loves sharing. And she invited me her on her podcast. And I all of a sudden went on this riff where I've, I've seen this slide before. And if you Google like, you know, dead raccoon in road, you'll mm. see it's a long country road. I'll paint the picture for you. And two solid yellow lines going down the middle. And there's a dead raccoon in the middle of the road. And you can tell instead of moving the dead raccoon to paint the yellow lines, the guy <laughs> or operating the truck decided it would be a lot easier because they don't want to get down off their high horse or down off their truck to move the raccoon. They just painted over it or maybe they move the lines around it. I've seen several different variations of this. And I use that as an analogy of like, well, the person was tasked to paint the lines. The person was never told in their job description, hey, if there's any roadkill, I need you to move it or get it off the road because your job is to paint great lines. And I wanted to put that in perspective, which is like, you were tasked with helping people. And if you ran into a barrier like a dead raccoon, you wouldn't just go, well, guess I can't do it. Going to go home, turn around, shut the machine off. And you definitely wouldn't just paint the lines over. But that's sort of what I was seeing. I was seeing a lot of people saying they should understand and they should refer to us and the APTA. They should just do this all day. And I'm like, well, that's not APTA's only role in as a professional association but i always push back and go well what have you done in your local community in your state community in your online community in any community what have you done and a lot of times people are left with no answer and i'm like so i don't want to say like uh, rest my case or mic drop <laughs> like kind of i rest my case and mic drop and check me because we as a profession or a community could we way larger than the apta in terms of doing this if we all did that one thing, and I know there's no chance mm-hmm. all of us would do the one thing, but if more of us did the one thing, and to me, that one thing is obviously near and dear to my heart, it's focusing on how we're communicating value. And I'll leave with one tactical example. And I know I think we've talked about this before, either online or in podcast stuff together, which is, do you have a clear XYZ statement? Mm. 
And an XYZ statement is very simple. Well, it's e it's simple, but not easy because it takes right. some thought to condense these three ideas in, into um, one sentence. And an XYZ statement goes like this. We do X so that Y can do Z. I'm going to say it again. We do X so that Y can do Z. And you'll notice at no point really do I want you to explain how you do that thing that you do so well. I don't want you to explain how you do your mojo, right? So that's what an XYZ statement is. So an example would be, um, yeah, there's not, but not the XYZ statement. So an example of like an XYZ statement would be for my podcast, right? So how do I explain to people? I don't just say I have a podcast and I do interviews, I do it online and I share it. That's how I do it. So I say we have great physical therapy conversations over a beer so that busy physical therapists can stay connected to their profession. Mm. X, we do X. We have great physical therapy conversations over a beer so that, so that busy PTs can do Z, can stay connected to their profession. So I tell people all the time, if you're a solo practitioner, if you work in, an, in, a, in a practice with five, 15 other physical therapists, if you're, any, if you're a plumber, this applies everywhere because as humans, we want to understand how Bo is going to help me. And if I can't clearly do that, I'm like, I'm that's cool that Bo is Bo and Bo seems like a nice guy, but I'm probably not going to engage with him to solve Jimmy problems because mm -hmm. those are the problems that I care about being solved. Mm -hmm. Unless I can clearly understand what do you do? How does it make my life better? What do I need to do to get it? And that's a little bit of a different than that's called the grunt test. Mm -hmm. But summing up the grunt test is what we just talked about in that XYZ statement. So that's my tactical example for the day. Like if you were like, this guy sounds cool, but I'm not going to start recording podcasts. That's too much. I would say the bare minimum. And if we all did this, this would improve the view, the public. This would help move the needle on the, on the, the public relations of our profession is if every physical therapist just made sure they had a, a good, clear, concise XYZ statement, that little thing right there. I, I don't know how to do the math on this would be more valuable than a Super Bowl commercial every single year. Yeah. Like, because that sentence could be everywhere all the time. You know, you're right. at backyard barbecue and someone goes, what do you do? I'm a physical therapist. No, that's your, that's what your job title is. Okay. That's not what you do. I do X, you know, I, I help runners who want to run in uh, ultra marathons, get back to running so they can feel most alive. Like if you treat ultra runners, that's your XYZ statement, right? right. So this can apply everywhere. This is not just outpatient or extreme sport example. This is everywhere. You can right. do an XYZ statement for everybody. And in fact, I would say you need to boom. That's Jimmy's rant for the day. Drop in the mic. So there's a lot to unpack there. Of course, <laughs> first of all, uh, have you, I'm sure you've heard a story brand uh, with Donald oh, Miller. That's where the grunt test, that's where I got it yep. from. Yeah. D Donald Miller, I took one of his courses. Yep. Love it. Mm -hmm. The books are simple and yep. short and concise mm -hmm. and are very strategic, but then boom, tactical strategy. Yep. Tactical. So yes, love Donald Miller. Yeah. So that's, uh, and again, I was going to bring up that same kind of example. It's a little different than the XYZ, but just that simple message and getting to the problem. Uh, the example that really stands out as you were talking was uh, about gardening. It wasn't like, we're going to make the best garden. We're going to make your grass look green. It was more like, what's the actual problem of, I want to have better looking grass than my neighbor. And so that was the like tagline and just do it. That's right. You got the just do it shirt on. But what I'm also saying there is, oh, I, oh, I didn't even notice the just oh, do it. That, I, I thought that's what you were going. Oh, no, what he, what, what, what you highlighted there is 
you if you if you make gardens greener if you make my lawn greener that's like how that's that's what that's what you do that's the process right or why do i care about that Mm. like your your advertising campaign for that was make your make your neighbors jealous of your lawn right like have the be- have the know that you have the the finest lawn in the neighborhood. That is an mm-hmm. internal problem, right? Right. People people have external problems, but they buy solutions. This is from StoryBrand. They buy solutions to emotional problems. And I love like so. What is yeah. the emotion problem? I understand you're an orthopedic mm-hmm. physical therapist and you have an OCS and you've been trained in blah 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 blah. blah and <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what. Yeah. And I and as soon as you as soon as you change this example. Right. To what I'm about to, it becomes very clear. I don't care what kind of wrench my mechanic uses to fix my Jeep. His his pitch to me is drop your Jeep off and you can and you'll be cruising with the top down by the weekend. Right. Done, because that's what I want. Don't or, tell me what kind of computer you spent three thousand dollars on and you got trained. I don't care. I'm glad for you. I don't care because I have a Jeep problem. I don't have a mechanic problem. That's the thing too. I don't have a physical therapist problem. I have, I want to run better problem mm-hmm. or my mom has had a stroke problem or I got a Jeep. I don't have a Jeep problem. I got to, I got, I want to do some fun this weekend. That's right. my problem. Solve that problem. People will be the path to your door. Well, and here's the really interesting thing that this is bringing up for me. And I, and again, I feel I, I wrote a few notes cause we got to get back to a few things <laughs> that you said, but what that brings up for me is I think, we're in we're in a time and age and and actually what's really interesting i'm going to jump ahead is i'm doing an episode on my other podcast a man better podcast with my personal trainer buddy david corona no relation to the virus uh he and and the topic is research we're talking about demanding better from research and we want we're investigating or looking at and trying to provide a consumer's guide to what does it mean when the headline is red meat causes cancer oh man so have you ever heard <laughs> have you ever seen a twitter feed uh just say just say it's in mice no. So there's I, I think I know where that's going. Though. So there he's really smart dude. I had him on my podcast. His name is James Heathers. Um let me I want cuz I want to make sure I uh I want to make sure I save a name uh properly. Uh I'll, I'll look it up while you talk. You talk I'll I'll look it up. Is so it anyway, just, it's just a nice because yeah, we've all seen those like research studies where it's like we're about to cure cancer because blah 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 because we and then you read in 14 paragraphs down it was like this has only been done in mice. And his mm-hmm. whole gripe was I think someone told me this statistic. Do not quote me on this, but the distance between like an in mice study in something like cancer or something like that's that's really going to affect a lot of human beings, the distance between that study and being applicable in humans is five years and a billion dollars. Mm. Five years, and I think that's on the short end, and a billion dollars <laughs> in terms of like, listen, we're at this. I am I am in full agreement that our our science people are working on cancer night and day. But when you see research like that, I agree. So he created a whole Twitter feed called It's Just in Mice or Say It's Just in Mice. And all that Twitter feed does is they take studies like that mm-hmm. and they quote tweet it and they go, but just in mice. Like they're pointing, like they're using that to point out like this is, um, don't get it. Because here's the problem. You get people with chronic long-term diseases like cancer or like like just devastating, just dev- like ALS, and then someone will release a BuzzFeed article and they'll misconstrue the results. And what you're doing is like you're – I know what you're doing is you're trying to get clicks because you want to sell banner ads. Mm-hmm. You're messing with people's heads. Like you're giving – misinformation which leads to false hope and that's Mm. just wrong man like that's just wrong so he has a twitter feed where he like kind of like shames him a little bit because he was just tired of it 
I think it's just says in mice. Just Is says that... in mice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the it's not the most uh, smooth. Flowing. It's not the good one. No. <laughs> it's got, like a lot of followers, right? Like. Uh so, yeah, seventy two thousand. So yeah. it's not it's not doing too bad. That's all that. That's all the feed does. Is you just reads, like, <laughs> tweets, and retweets. Is like it, this is just a mice study. So let's treat it as just yeah. a mice study. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of the stuff we're gonna explore. And I feel like uh, there's a lot we can we can dive down that rabbit hole on with you. But uh, coming back all the way to where we started. You said you had a good day, so you have a good day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so here, here's why I had a good day. So I talked about my day job at Mount Sinai. So I work again for a small little research lab. The research lab is like actually kind of cool. It's in a, it's in a, it's in a second sub basement. It's in a not a not a basement, not a sub basement in New York City, a sub sub basement. It's literally a, like a mad scientist lair. I, I kind of like it, but. What I also have kind of talked myself into is because Mount Sinai is like 40, 50,000 employees across New York City, just a lot of a lot of healthcare providers and, and support staff. So they have a major Twitter feed and a major Instagram feed like the hospital system has, you know, 700,000 potential followers. And so my gripe was, hey, man, how come these social feeds aren't covering more rehab stuff? Uh, because that's that's who I want. That's what I want you uh, uh, communicating. So I took a little scoop of my own medicine and I said, well, how have I demonstrated the applicability of why they should be sharing my stuff? So I started creating my own resources and we had our own Twitter feed already, but I started really, really over communicating. What's up, Tony? I started really over communicating through these channels and I would send them the stuff that I had done professionally, right, from my little department, and I got their attention. I earned their respect over six or seven months, and then I finally said to them, "Hey, we're doing some Facebook Lives, but I think I have a I I, I have a unique style. I have this weird background, you know, B, PT degree and journalism, and I do this podcast, so I got this thing. I think we should be doing more live streams, like conversationally, kind of like Dr. Bo and I are here doing. And they and to her credit, Chloe in charge of social media was like." You know, she pushed back and asked questions. And finally, she was like, all right, Hotshot, like, let's live stream every day in the month of March. You're hosting. And I was like, oh, this is this is your moment. Yeah. I was like, you are. If you were ever like, you were built for this. I am. <laughs> so, so long story short, this is day two of a 31-day experiment where I am hosting a live stream a day to 700,000 followers across their YouTube and Twitter and Facebook accounts. And we're covering not just rehab. Today, I did an episode on dermatology and acne and the whole nine, but digging deeper, making science digestible and understandable. That's our purpose. And so I just had a good day because I'm living my purpose. Like I woke up this morning and I'm like, you're going to talk to this dermatologist about this topic that nah, maybe it's boring for some people. People suffering from acne, this is not a boring topic or people wondering about acne. So so for me, it was like, yeah, you are living like in this middle of this cool Venn diagram where these two worlds are colliding. And when you do that, it doesn't have to be just live streaming. When you do that, getting out of bed in the morning, when you put your feet on the ground, feels real good because you're about to go do something that you are meant to be, right? And I think Barack Obama had this quote. It was like, somebody said, hey, if you were to give a quote to children graduating from high school this year, what would you tell them to be? And he's like thought for a second, then he had like the greatest quote. He said, be useful. Cause you can apply that anywhere, right? Not, not be whatever, be useful, plug yourself in and see where you can be of use. And I was like, well, if I had a mantra, science isn't finished until it's understood. Yes. But I would also love be useful as a like thing. A little yeah. bit like the John Lennon thing, you know, that one, the, that little, I, I, it's a, they say it's John Lennon. 
he was a kid in school, in elementary school, and the teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. And the teacher said, I don't think you understand the assignment. He said, I don't think you understand life. <laughs> that's right. And I don't even care if that's fake because it's brilliant. Right, like, right. It's brilliant. Yes. Like be happy. And that's, and I think that would have, that's, that's a good lesson. Like aim for happiness. Mm -hmm. I think being useful can be a conduit to be happy, right? Because if you're yeah. useful for other people, you find out where you belong, you know, in other jobs, I think I was close here at Mount Sinai. I feel very useful. I get plugged into a lot of different places and gosh, man, being useful feels freaking awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you know the term Ikigai? The Japanese yes, yes, yes. Term? So I've done episodes in Ikigai and so for people who don't know, how would you describe the shape? I say it's like a, it's like a Venn diagram in the shape of a lotus flower, like a four, four circle. Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But I mean, the end of the day, it's just, it's having a purpose is, uh, but you can you can go a little more in depth of the the yes yeah, so the the four the four north south east and west the four cardinal directions of ikigai is find something that you're good at find something th that the world needs find something that you can get paid for and find something that you you love mm -hmm. and people will be like well if you're good at it don't you love it I'm like not necessarily and you know so and then some people will be like well getting paid like you know do you have to get paid and it's not like you have to be a millionaire but like if you want to do it full time you should you, you should be able to support yourself with it so you notice like a hobby doesn't necessarily apply here Iggy guy is like your sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And like in the books, they'll go into like, this is a situation where Ikigai, like three out of four actually is, you know, not perfect. You know, three out of four is bad. Four out of four is really what you want to, you know, do. Well, there's that, that whole saying, have you ever heard like the little like, like kind of story about the, um, the, the, the classic car and the dad giving the classic car to his daughter. So dad's like, Hey, I've got this car out in the garage. Go take it to, um, the used car lot down the street. And tell, don't sell it. Just ask how much they'll give you for it. So she does. And they say, they'll give me 500 bucks. They're just going to scrap it. And he goes, okay, mm -hmm. now go take it to um, the um, uh, the car club on Saturdays. Like go down to the big parking lot at the mall and, and, and wheel this thing in there, drive it in there and see what they would, what they would give you. And she comes home and she was like, they're going to give me like $85,000 for it. And he's like, same car. He's like, so go where you're valued. The guy at the used car lot had no idea what he was looking at. He looked at a car and he didn't get it. The people at the car show are like, they know exactly what they're looking at and they knew exactly what it was worth. <laughs> car did not change, but your worth changed. Well, no, sorry. Your worth did not change, right. but what people's perception. So go yeah. where you're valued, right? Don't change to be worth more at the used car lot. Find where your value is. Go to the classic car show. And for me, going places like that, like for, you know, I mean, I've only been there for like eight months. But Mount Sinai feels like I'm at the classic car show where they're like, "Hey, Jimmy's here to solve Jimmy problems. Get out of his way. He knows some stuff. Like he and he's motivated." You that my lesson for that is you should and could you know could and should be driving to find your own version of that icky guy. Well, this is interesting. Back to the 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 CSM Twitter concept that you brought out, which again. I want to link to that and make sure people go check that out because that was an awesome thread. Um, <laughs> and it was just calling people out on like, hey, like 20,000 views right here. Um, but to that exact point, the Ikigai kind of concept, uh, I, I, when you are originally talking about it, I'm like, you know, a lot of physical therapists are just more comfortable. And they're like, but this is the thing. And I can put it, I presented at CSM. And like, right. and that's a thing within the profession. Like you said, all those letters behind the name, OCS is just another like accomplishment. Uh, within the profession that that is ultimately, you know, feels limiting in in like, it's great, you know, again, maybe we we get, uh, 
uh, burnt out on even having success stories. And like, I took someone through a successful ACL rehab. They got back to playing sports and there's like, they're, they're, it, how useful is that? You know, again, it's like, cool, but they, I think people lose sight of that. So coming back to, to, to my challenge on that whole thing. And I know you got a little bit of, of a time uh, restriction here. I'm enjoying this conversation though, is uh, the, the question there is, is uh, with the folks doing the Twitter, uh, is that that's their place where they are sorry that, see, on CSM, they feel like that's where they're getting the most they're providing. That's the, that's where they feel they're providing that value. And when they put it on Twitter and they put it out there, nobody responds there. There's that like, oh, I got rejected. There's that feeling. Yeah. So, I, But at the same time, I, I really appreciate that you're challenging that notion and saying like, hey, we can have a good conversation about this. Yeah. So like, I get it. Like, again, I present at national conferences. I was not, and I think I prefaced this in a tweet thread. Like I was not saying like reject conferences. They're not the way to go. I think they are a way to go. But if that door is closed, what do you do? Say I take my ball and go home? Like, no, like you, you know, what you know, survive, evade, adapt, overcome. Like you go over, around, through, between, like you do all those, all those prepositional phrases that I learned in fifth grade. Um, and I get where people would, and I also push back on this too. We've had people at different organizations that I worked at, researchers, and people are like, they did a presentation and their presentation, eh, this researcher presented as a research and this research kind of, it was like the presentation was so dry. Gosh, these researchers are really bad. And I push back in their defense and I say, hey, organization, did you pro did you provide support and time and resources and coaching to help that person who's really good at research, but communicating isn't their first thing? Because if Jimmy went to do research, shocker, I'd be terrible at it. And then I would think I would think I sucked, but I would push back and well, no one helped me. I defend people who have not been given time and effort, money, research, uh, resources. But here, here's also the thing. If you want to get better at it, you do not need another degree in communications. You can find, you can use the Google machine and you can find simple steps. I'm saying, can you improve your presentation from this year to next year by 10%? Can you guarantee, can you do that for 10 years in a row? And then I'm no mathematical genius. You've improved by a hundred percent over a decade. So, That's you know, I, 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 you I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Mathematically, <laughs> that is, because I do the one, I, I do the get one percent better every day. At the end of the year, you are not three hundred and sixty-five percent better. Uh, <laughs> you're you're about, funny. I think you're about thirty-seven. Is, is but yeah, the, the way that the math works there. But uh, coming back to the research thing, and, and again, I just want to, I know, again, we're gonna, I want to wrap up on this. So because we're doing this episode of demand better from research and how you interpret headlines and research, and we're in this time of echo chambers. Um, and, and super interesting concepts here. So there's the influencers, right? And what, what we were talking about before of having that XYZ statement, it seems like the folks that are most successful on social media, let's take Bob and Brad, uh, as I'm sure you know, and, and, <laughs> and you did a recent one making fun of clickbait articles as well, or, or, or mocking it, not necessarily making fun of it, but kind of pointing out the absurdity of if you, these guys have mastered that communication, even if they don't have the science, so no matter what their message is, and we can talk about the politics of it all and, and all this different misinformation out there, but coming back to it, I'm going to try to synthesize it into a usable format. So there's the influencers who, again, uh, you know, knees over toes guy, you know, that I don't guy? know, but I can, I can imagine what his right. Thing. So, but, but he was just on Joe Rogan. He's become one of the most popular, uh, whatever you want to say at this point, influencers within that space. And he's filling a gap that our physical therapy profession and the medical profession definitely has left there. Um, I agree with like 50% of the science of what he says, but the other 50% is just, he's really good at marketing. He's got his shirt off. 
He had seven knee surgeries. Now he can dunk a basketball. He's dunking in every video. He's in the sunshine with his shirt off. He's got other good-looking people in every single video. He talks about we've had 7,000 cases of, of you know people getting out of knee pain and blah, 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 after being told they're going to need surgeries and never be able to, to dunk again, whatever. So uh, the question becomes, uh, I think you're, you're challenging physical therapists, the folks that have the science right. to yeah step up and say, hey, there's this marketing thing we can do. Uh, raise, raise the floor, mm -hmm. right? Raise yeah. the floor. Research raises the ceiling. Mm -hmm. To me, communication raises the floor. Like yeah. it's great that we all in the ivory tower have read the latest article that somehow we got our hands on because it was behind a paywall. That's great. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Right. And I have nothing against the Bobs and Brads. Like, uh, like someone was, someone was in a, in a, a Facebook group the other day because there's this app out there that this local orthopedic surgeon just gives to people and it just walks you through exercises. Mm -hmm. And I was, and they're like, and this is going to like what they don't, this app doesn't, isn't as good as me. Cause I'm better than that. Right. And they're bitch. And everybody of course grabs their pitchforks and their torches mm -hmm. and they're going to storm the castle. And I just said, are you mad they did it? Or are you mad they did it better? And before you, mm -hmm. which yeah. one are you actually pissed off at? Or <laughs> even, even, even better was, are you like, you allowed a world to live. You, you, you are allowed to, to live in a world where you didn't do anything about it, where that gap that you just mentioned, that hole existed, that that app recognized, their creators recognized it and filled it. And eventually they're going to box you out mm -hmm. and you can bitch in your Facebook group all day long and no one except they you will do they will they do, will do. <laughs> nobody but you and the people who bitch along are going to care because mm -hmm. someone else is solving that person's problem and they had a clear xyz statement so people followed the song that they could understand people will follow a, they'll pay attention to a, a someone who yells the loudest mm -hmm. but if they don't understand them it's gibberish if they have a clear song and it's repeated over and over and over again, this is Nickelback's How You Remind Me, right? Everybody hates it, but Nickelback's 15 times platinum. It's a yeah. catchy little tune and I can understand it and sing along. So they do. Now, knowing that, you mentioned that uh, clickbait article episode I did because the article title was like, you know, sitting can kill you. And I was like, but mm. okay, let's let me bitch. Let me be part of the <laughs> echo chamber and bitch. Yeah. But then I was like, well, what can we learn from it? Hey, listen, they they use the title in, in their article of a problem that a lot of people have, right? It's the most expensive mm -hmm. and, and, and common uh, musculoskeletal ailment, low back problem. So they made an article about that and then got their attention. Somewhere in that article, seven or eight paragraphs down, was actually good some, uh, some good information from a physio. Yeah. It was buried and it was diluted a little bit, but nothing's stopping you from writing your own. And uh, yes, mm -hmm. if you write one, nothing will happen because this was on the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail started many moons ago, and they built a stage that they now get to pick what they put on that stage, what information they put on that stage. If you would like to have that reach or a larger reach than you have now, I will use another analogy. Uh, the best time to plant a tree if you want shade is 20 years ago, and the second best time to plant a tree is right now. So you can bitch that you didn't do it 20 years ago, you know, or you can start doing it right now. I wish I had bigger, you know, beach muscles because I want to go to the beach and I want to look, you know, good for the ladies. I didn't start 20 years ago like like Bo did, but I, you know what? Suck <laughs> it up and start doing some push-ups now in your basement. Do 100 yeah. push-ups. So it's the same thing. It's like I can't communicate for you. I can't do push-ups for you. But me, hopefully, maybe I turned one person into an XYZ statement uh, evangelist. Maybe. <laughs> let's hope so the other thing that just came up for me that i'm gonna wrap it up on is the and i, I actually haven't read this book but it's been on my uh, in my queue so i'm gonna make it one I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it up to maybe the next one i, I download is so good they can't ignore you 
by Cal Newport. Have you read that one? I have it, but that's a Steve Martin quote who I love. Yeah, so and, uh, Cal Steve Newport Martin's is great. Digital minimalism, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, his the subtitle is "Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love." So I'm excited to actually dive into that. But that's a that's a concept that's been in my mind for a while. So and, good. And I love it. I love like that 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 uh, what is it? Talent times effort equals skill. Mm. Um, effort times t- skill equals output. Right? Because mm. it shows that effort can be squared, but you have to put it in the right way. What you're good at what the world needs, what you're passionate about, what you love, and then what you can get paid for. Like it, These elements we're talking about, all these authors that sell us these books, right? I always say, do you need more information or do you need more action? Right. Like, do you need to learn more or do you need to do more? Like, I can study like how to make my chest bigger all day. Like, I want to get some big pecs and you know, what am I eating and drinking? How long should I say? You got to do the push-ups, man. You got to do the chest press. You got to bench. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but do you need more information or do you need to do more? Like, do you need me to motivate you or educate you? I, I you know, and I, I, we can get into the motivation issue. I don't yeah. think you can motivate anybody. You can encourage, but the motivation has got to come from within. You got to want it better than anybody. That passion thing you just talked about. Yes, sir. Well, I know we're coming up on time. You got to go. Uh, I want to be respectful of that. So we'll finish off. Tell folks where they can find you. Yeah, we're at PT Pint Cast because I do all my shows over a pint of beer, just like this one. Maybe sometimes it's wine. Uh, at PT Pint Cast uh, website and uh, on all the podcasts and social platforms there. Perfect. Uh, thank you again for your time, sir. I hope everyone got at least 1% better today, as we hopefully do with every single episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. A uh, lot more good stuff, hopefully, coming from Jimmy in the future. And uh, yeah, signing off. You want to, yeah, you got the music. There it is. The outro. Let it roll for a little bit. Oh, oh, there it is. I like it. I like it. I'm going to let it roll. Somebody just tuned in. But yeah, we're going to sign off. See you guys. Enjoy your day. Have an awesome day like Jimmy did.